Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. The world as we knew it was created within a worldview of separation. You notice I said past tense, the world as we knew it. (laughs) If you're tuning in right now, you're probably sensing great change. We've all been talking about it. So the world as we knew it and who we are or who we were has been influenced by the beliefs values and cultural perspectives from that frame of reference, that frame of reference of separation, that worldview of separation. How do we let go of beliefs that no longer serve us, that represent a limited perspective of who we really are? How do we release the burdens of erroneous thinking, emotional baggage, and the definitions of ourselves that keep us stuck in an old way of being. Our guest today says that shifting into the new begins with really being okay with everything right here, right now. And it's important to embrace this liminal time, the changes and the challenges as part of our humanity, as part of who we are as an evolving species. So I invite you to take a few deep breaths Open your mind and heart and settle into your essential wholeness. As I introduce our guest, my friend Cheryl Lynn, she's a magnificent intuitive, visionary, and wise healer, assisting others on their soul's journey with her writing, her channeling, and energetic healings. And she's my bestie. I'm always delighted to bring her profound wisdom and prophetic vision to you, my dear listeners, and welcome her back. And it's been almost a year. We did a show right as COVID was unfolding before our new awareness of what is it. And um, I'm so glad to have you back. Welcome back, Sherilyn. I am so glad to be back, and I can't believe it's been a year. <laughs> I, Just a year. I, I'm like, wow, okay, yeah. As I was saying that, I'm like, wow, I can't believe it has been a year, because I usually have you on several times during the year. You're one of our fan favorites, and um, yeah, I always enjoy our time together. So I'm glad to have you back, and for whatever reason, it's been that long, but we've got some important musing to do today and I'm looking forward to this this whole topic but first Cheryl you know I have a traditional first question and I usually ask all my guests what does all things connected mean to you because I like to frame our conversation in this larger whole worldview and when I was thinking about the topic today I was thinking about the whole illusion of separation and this worldview that that we had of separation. So I'm kind of wondering, 
as you are musing into this topic of radical change that's upon us, and as you um, think about the ideas that I put forth in the intro today, I'm wondering, what does all things connected mean for you in 2021 and this time of radical change? Well, the, it's interesting because um, I, I the word that popped in when you were asking the question was history or history and how our history, we can look at it many different ways, but one thing that I've noticed recently for myself that's been very helpful is to really think of everything that has come before as something that is no longer operating in our energy fields in the present moment. And so when you talk about all things connected, well, doesn't that mean we're connected to our past? I mean, there's, you know, all sorts of scientific evidence that we carry the, the ancestral memories of our, of our departed ones within our very selves. So there is that connection. And so how does one actually stay present in the, in the present moment and move forward and out in our lives while still understanding our connection to our history, but not getting attached to it? I think that that's what I'm thinking as about all things connected, because we're not, we're always going to have that connection to whatever came before it's always there. But the question is, what are we going to do with that information? Are we going to live in our history? Are we going to learn from our history? Are we going to put our history in its, I'll use the word proper very loosely, in its proper place as something that actually is not currently operating in our, in our life? Mm. I'm really glad you brought in the idea of history and no longer, you said, we're no longer operating that history is no longer operating in our energy field in the present moment and this whole idea of history is really important it's funny because um sunday i'm a mac user every all of my devices are apple and my husband was talking to um, my brother-in-law sunday about um his tv and computer and we, we were reconfiguring it for him and he he said someone just updated his operating system and my husband said oh did you get this one and, and he's like yeah and then they're having a conversation about how that operating system is not running certain things and i have trouble with it and and it's like we're in a new operating system and you know i've been hearing so i'm going to just throw this in and um ask you to expand on it because I've been hearing for months that it's time for radical action in letting go of the old and it may sound kind of strange but I was hearing releasing history releasing memory the beliefs the expectations the rules everything that was our history it's like our old operating system right so I was guided to literally let go of everything in 2020 and not carry anything forward into 2021 and now 
with a month into the year, I'm realizing how much I've unintentionally carried forward and continue to carry forward. So this process is continuing to deepen and widen for me personally as I let go. I can see how old expectations and roles have become obstacles. I can see where I need to, where the old history is an operating system. And I'm like, oop, I have to unplug there. Or I have to, like, I can literally see it in real time, but I've carried it forward when my intention was to not. So Cheryl Lynn, what are you hearing? And what is your experience of lifting these burdens of the past and moving forward? What is this letting go of this history and this operating system? What's that experience been for you? Well, it's been very similar and because we, we talk personally, um, you know, fairly often. Um, it's something that I've been talking about as well for a while. Like, how do I, how do I shift into the full expression of myself and what I'm here to be on the planet? I won't even say do, just, you know, my being and anything that might be perceptively holding me back from that full expression of myself. How can I, how can I move past that into something more expansive? So the old way, which I am an expert at by this time (laughs) is to, to dig in to everything that's ever happened and all my relationships and, 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 you know, you know, as someone in the psychology field, you know, like there's lots of different methods to go in and heal your past and, and, uh, um, deal with your history. And I'm not saying that this is not a valid thing to do, but after years of doing it at a certain point, I came to this realization that it really wasn't creating a sense of freedom and expansiveness for me to keep looking backwards. And so then what the next stage has been is I, I became more aware of when I was doing that, like, Oh, you know, my brother just said something that really, you know, took me back to when he used to pick on me. Right. And I'm mad and I'm going to like confront him about that and say, could you please stop? You know, we're adults now, you know, and, and, um, so that seems like it's, it's part of the process where you start noticing all the ways that you get triggered. Now it, for me, and I know, you know, for my clients and for other people in my life, you can really get stuck there in just noticing everything and like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. I thought I was over that by now. But when this person said that, or when, you know, I confronted this old emotion or I had to deal with something that I hadn't thought about in years, like I thought I'd be over it by now. This is where this is kind of my 2021 perspective is that you're not going to get rid of your history. It like, it actually did happen. There were literal events that that happened to us individually as well as us as a humanity there are things in our history books some were accurately portrayed others not so accurately but it doesn't matter it's all part of um what we have said this happened and that happened and this happened and it's led us here so how do we look at all of that history and not get stuck in that 
So I'm, I actually do have some things that I've been, been doing that address that, but I, I'd love to hear from you, Julie, too. Like how, how have you, cause it's so tempting, like to beat yourself up when you think, you know, like, like you said something about, I, uh, that you are, thought you would, you made a declaration and you thought you would, you know, not be dr- bringing your history into 2021. And then lo and behold, Oh, Oh, I didn't, I thought I wasn't going to do that. Right. So what I'm curious to know from your perspective, what are you, what are you doing in that arena of leaving behind the past? Well, you know, what? I, um, I, I, I don't want to let the idea of triggers go by. So I'm going to make a side note because I want you to go back to that thing. I think it's important. But um, one of the processes that I find myself doing is a continual evaluation. It's like not looking past. I like how you say stop looking backwards. But what I did in 2021 is I took everything off my calendar and then I began to identify all the roles and all the relationships and all the expectations and, and what other people expect of me. And, um, well, I'll give you one example that I, I noticed this morning. This one was huge after we were, we were planning for the show and, and, um, I was literally, um, thinking about this conversation, um, a whole new aspect of this process is really looking at our relationships, right? So not only people's relationships and the expectations and the rules of work. So I'm just going to like give you, as I took all of that off my plate, off my calendar, I began to ask, like you were saying, who do you be? What is that essential self? Who am I at my core? And what am I here to be? And then I began putting things back on my calendar that brought me joy, that brought me levity, that brought me excitement, that brought me purpose. And I, I've been talking about evolutionary purpose. Like I think we're all on the planet right now to help evolve humanity so that we do move into cooperative community that cares for all life. And so what is, what are the things that bring into my evolutionary purpose? So, you know, I'm bringing more expression, I'm bringing more creativity, I'm bringing more focus, but then here's that epiphany that I had as I was thinking about relationships. I, the epiphany was that although I focused on my own radical healing and like began to put things back into my life that create great meaning. Um, I've not expunged, and I love, I use this word intentionally, expunged. I love this word. It means to erase or remove completely something unwanted or unpleasant. And I want to go back to judgments too here, but um, expunged. I've not expunged my beliefs about my body. Mm. And those old beliefs are some of the things I'm carrying forward, even though I'm focused on a year of radical healing. It's like my year of radical healing is to improve something by bringing the old along and improve on it instead of like really allowing myself to expunge my beliefs. 
about my body, my emotions, about my relationship with my body. And all that old faulty thinking, the old way of defining my health, the old expectations that I have of self-care, all of that. I'm I'm shifting my beliefs about the world and consciousness while living in an outdated model of my physical experience in my body. Mm-hmm. You want to muse into that a bit before, and and, and it ties into judgments as well, Cheryl, because I think um, all of this is that we're challenged to let go of our judgments. And it's not about right or wrong or good or bad. It's literally time to let go of all of it, even the good. So when we go back to that word expunged, um, it's easy to think, yeah, we want to let go of all the things that we judge as unwanted and unpleasant. You know, the definition of expunge is completely remove, erase something unwanted or unpleasant. That's an easy thought. But how do we expunge even those things that we thought we wanted and even those things that we sense as pleasant, maybe we're expunging the operating system. So now everything becomes new. So um, I'll just stop and let you jump into this idea even about my body because it, it shocked me awake this morning when I was preparing for the show. Like, oh, I still carry all the same beliefs about my body and how my body works and how it should work and the history of my relationship with my body, the history of the emotional traumas, the history of like all of that. So, yeah. Where do you want to go with that one? Oh, that one does. I can't relate to that one at all. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I could kind of feel myself cringing a little bit when you said your relationship with your body. I was like, oh, no, we're going to go there. But but happily, really going there. Um, I think because, you know, for myself as well as I'm sure many of your listeners um, will agree, like that can be a, a really big top, topic where, yeah, I've been able to expunge, as you said, you know, old belief systems in this area and that area. But when it comes to my body or when it comes to my relationship to money or when it comes, you know, like there's, there's like often an issue that is just so filled with, with triggers and emotionally charged that it seems like you're never going to come to a place of peace about it. And that in and of itself, as you were talking, I was thinking, well, it's even the belief for me, even the belief that it's there's something to be expunged. Like what if even that uh, idea traps us into I have to get rid of something in order to be okay. I have to get rid of some defective part of me in order to live my life to even deserve to be here, you know, and that those kind of really deep triggers are something I think where there's also the most juice to, to, to explore. And, um, the movement from noticing when you get triggered or an emotion comes up or you're just on autopilot that observation period, I, my sense is, is that it can't be rushed is what I've been noticing that it can't be rushed because there's a softening that starts to happen. 
And if you rush through it, you you're basically telling yourself that you need to get over it. I need to get over it now. Right. (laughs) And so I want it gone. And so I'm going to either dig into it or I'm going to gloss over it or I'm going to somehow fix it. And instead of that, what if we just notice and we go, hmm, and with curiosity, with a sense of curiosity, we approach it and say, well, is this belief true? And and what actually am I even believing that maybe is, is so deep in my subconscious that I'm not even aware what beliefs are, are ruling me? And what if, what would it look like to, to throw, expunge the beliefs in that you're, you're, um, you're saying that the belief system is what you're actually after. You're not, you're not trying to fix the perceptive problem because naturally as you go through your day, as you go through your life, when you bring awareness to something, as long as you're not trying to beat it to death with a stick, it will shift no matter what. Now it might not shift in the way you want. I know um, for myself, there've been things where it got worse before it got better. You know, I, I'm I'm thinking of an example in my life, which, um, you know, at the end of this past year, um, there was a period of time where my father was going through some, some tough, uh, you know, aging symptoms and his wife was called away out of the country for several months. And so I spent a lot of time, my brother as well, a lot of time with, with my father sleeping in my old bedroom, (laughs) (laughs) which I had not been my bedroom in years, but it just had all this emotion came up. Here is someone here's, here's several roles that I have played in relationship to my dad. Right. I, you know, like I have to be a good daughter. I have to be, you know, a good listener. I have to um, be obedient in a certain way because, you know, he's older and I should have respect, you know, just all of this stuff came up and it was such an incredible, well, it still is, but it, it was very intense at the end of this past year where I really looked at what is, what is mine? I mean, I've always been such a caretaker of others and wanting to make sure everyone else is okay that I end up, my own health suffers. And that came right in my face. And I realized that I had to actually look at what was true. What really, what were my beliefs about being a good person? Even, you know, Mm -hmm. a good person would you know, leave everything of theirs aside in order to help this other person, right? So it was a very deep contemplation. But the thing that has brought me, you know, as far along as I am now is that I started observing myself. I spoke out loud, you know, to friends. You've heard many of my stories about that time. And to, you know, my, my brother and my partner, so I would talk out loud and say, you know, I noticed, oh my God, you know, I felt like a, you know, I should have done this or I should have, you know, this, this whole obligation thing came up, but talking it out loud was not the same in the past. I would have been like, what's wrong with me? Why, you know, why, why am I reacting this way? And now it was, it was much gentler. It was much more, huh? Well, this is what it is. It is what it is. And I am, relearning 
how to just be myself within this new situation. And I would say it's the same thing with our relationship with our body. Like what, what would a new relationship with the body look like even if we are so disconnected with how all of the patterns and habits that we've developed over the course of years? Yeah. When I, when I, um, was musing deeper into this aha it my issue with my relation my relationship with my body issue really has to do with not valuing my physical body like not prioritizing self-care and like literally putting my physical needs behind everybody else's needs and a, a big part of it is um the world, you know, I got work to do. We've got, we've got things to do. I've got that, which is probably, you know, obviously pretty darn dysfunctional, but I, I think that that does, you're, you're right. There's probably those triggers that the emotionally charged place of, of how we see ourselves and, and literally prioritize self-care is tied into all of that. So Interesting. Okay, so I, I just want to check in with you one quick time before we go to break, because after the break, I really want to expand into how this looks. Um, well, I have a few few different twists and turns that I want to take in the conversation, but I want to go back to this um, identifying old triggers from the past and how you literally have have talked about how quicker it is to identify the triggers and to move through them and this is an important an important aspect when we think about releasing the old and reimagining you know the future here and what we're doing what advice do you have for the listeners about quickly identifying triggers now is there anything last minute you want to say about triggers before we kind of turn the page and move into the conversation after break um, well, I think it, it might be a little longer than, than we have, but <laughs> because I think it's, it's not a small thing that moving, like I said, into a more gentler way of understanding our relationship to our triggers and to our past, where we allow ourselves a much wider berth to, um, to notice and to, um, not beat ourselves up and to notice when we were beating ourselves up and to not beat ourselves up for beating ourselves up. You know? <laughs> Cause that, that I I've done it myself and I've seen people, other people in my life that I love do that. Like, Oh, I should have been better. I should have noticed. I'm really sorry. You know, and they end up spending all this time feeling bad about not noticing something. So a much gentler, you know, we are human. As far as I know, we're not going to, none of us are going to leave the planet having perfected this and having completely expunged all of our, all of our triggers and all of our history. It's just not part, it's not what the human experience is. And so gentle, gentle, gentle. What I would- mm. Yeah, I suppose my word that I like is probably not a good word from moving from expunged to evolving. We're evolving. We're ever evolving, right? So But now don't beat yourself up for, for using the word 
Sponge, it's an awesome word. <laughs> I love it. I do like that word. I do <laughs> like it. And if it's, it, you know, if we tie it in with the judgment piece, it's really important. It's like the old operating system, good and bad, no matter how we have judged it, is irrelevant because we are really in a new, we're building a world in a new worldview. So there's so many exciting new things to look at and think about and reimagine and I am Julie Kroll. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. I'm here with the amazing Cheryl Lynn. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, so much more about reimagining the new right here, right now. We'll be right back. Meditation channel. Non-stop meditation music 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. Music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation Channel is interruption-free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at empower.fm. Soothe your soul, calm your mind. The Empower Meditation Channel. You wanted to see me? Yes, please, have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team, but I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. (sighs) We want to hire you. You're, You're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. This is a guided meditation on parenting. Take this time to breathe deeply and close your eyes. Right now, you're completely in control. Unlike the time you and your son played basketball and you attempted to slam dunk. Or when you tried removing those raccoons from the basement. Concentrate on the soothing sound of my voice. Release the memory of when you wrestled with that beehive in your son's treehouse. Let go of the time you thought that skunk was a cat. Or when you pulled into the garage with your son's bike on top of the car. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do you throw a curveball? 
how do you build a fort? How do refrigerators run? How do fish learn how to swim? Kids ask a lot of questions. How high can you jump? But you don't have to know every answer. How many phone numbers are there? Because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. How do cell phones work? There are thousands of children in foster care who don't need every question answered. What's electricity? They just need you. What's the moon made of? For more information on how you can adopt, go to AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also stay connected all week on my Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I invite you to be a more conscious, courageous, and compassionate co-creator of the beautiful, healthy world we depend on. Come work with me. There's lots of different ways you can do that. You can check out those opportunities at juliecrawl.com or goodofthewhole.org. And my guest today is Cheryl Lynn. You can find out more about Cheryl and Cheryl's work at CherylLynn.com. And that's S-H-E-R-R-Y-L-L-I-N. So there's two R's and two L's. CherylLynn.com. Okay, dear Cheryl, dear friend, um, so for a new future, we have to release the past and not recreate the past in the present. We were talking about history. It's like not carrying the burdens of history forward, but learning from history and really giving ourselves some space here where we learn from the past, but really integrate what we've learned, compost the waste, and really reimagine it. Everything must be reimagined now. So allow the waste to transform into nourishing, vitalizing soil for new life, new growth. And I I like this idea of composting. You know I like the idea of composting because I have a program called Beautiful Compost. And I share composting in so many different ways. So before I jump into a a new um, kind of theme here that I want to drop in, I I wonder if you want to just speak to the idea of composting that literally – that's different than expunging, right? We're not expunging. Maybe we're throwing out the past into the compost pile, and that's the expunging that we're doing. But the compost really takes it and and creates new life from our waste. So what do you think about that metaphor of compost? Well, I love it, of course, but um, mostly because you use it and you've created beautiful art from it. <laughs> that's <laughs> you've taught, true. You've taught me the technique of doing that. But... Um, I think the the wonderful thing about the idea of composting, you know, rather than expunging, is that you do with it with composting, you do a little bit, but nature takes care of I don't know what the percentage is, but I know all, most of it. It happens naturally. And with just a little bit of prompting, with a little bit of you might need to add a little bit of um I can't remember the thing you put in a compost pile to make heat, but sometimes if it's not hot enough, it won't compost properly. So you add some 
essential ingredients, and then it just does its thing. And I think that is a key here, that we think we have to keep looking at the compost pile and analyzing the compost pile and making sure it's okay and checking on it. And when really the best, I mean, it's such a wonderful feeling. We have a compost pile right here in our yard and it's so cool after just leaving it, turning it a little bit, you know, once a year, um, my partner will turn it. And then all of a sudden it's, it's this incredibly rich soil <laughs> that that will assist our garden to grow. And we've had many times where we, we will have um, volunteer plants grow in the compost pile when I didn't even realize that it had decomposed that much. And then the next thing you know, I've got all these squash growing there. Mm-hmm. So I think our attention, maybe that's the thing to realize is that our attention can do all sorts of things depending on what perspective we're taking on our own history. Are we looking at it and saying, this history almost destroyed me and, you know, I'm afraid to look at it? Or are we looking at it and saying, I have so much shame attached to my history and things that I did that I regret that I can, that I just don't think that like I need to expunge it. <laughs> I need to just be done with it or somehow find a way to come to peace with it. But what if it doesn't, if, what if all of those feelings that come up are perfectly valid and um, they're, you know, part of our human, the myriad of emotions that we can feel, but what if we can look at our past and what has happened as part of what makes us who we are today. So all of those things that you regret or that you feel shame about, or were just so hard and you wish you hadn't had to go through them. What if we could see it in a different way? I know on, on quite a few occasions, I've had clients who have asked me, you know, as, as an intuitive, like, can you, can you tell me what, you know, God says about, you know, why did I have to go through, you know, being abused as a child or why did I, you know, have to have, um, lose, lose my baby, you know, in a miscarriage, like, why did that have to happen? And, you know, it's a hard question when you're in the emotion of it. It's a hard question to come to terms with. But I believe for my own life and all the experiences that I've had that have been really painful, or I'm like, oh, my God, you know, like it, I could have skipped that one. <laughs> that would have, you know, if I had had a choice and someone asked me, I would have said, yeah, can we skip over that whole year? But the truth is, when I look back on it, those were some of the richest times in my life. Those experiences have have um, fostered compassion in me for others who've gone through similar things. It's made me, you know, stronger in ways that how else would I have gained that strength unless I'd had to pull myself out of the out of the mud, right? So I think a lot of it has to do with our perspective and how we look at our history. And that's part of that um, being okay with everything that I mentioned in the intro that you speak a lot about is like really being okay with everything. Um, I I just want to say with the compost that I think is is, um, an interesting part of 
the process that I've developed is understanding compost in that it will break down naturally and organically by itself. You put all your compost, your scraps in a pile in the backyard. And if you don't tend to it and leave it there, it will break down and it breaks down slower and it gets slimy and stinky and eventually it'll break down but if you do tend to it and stir it turn it it's the, it has to do with a aerobic versus anaerobic bacteria so if you don't stir it at all or tend to it the anaerobic bacteria begin breaking the waste matter down but if you stir it the aerobic bacteria can come in and it it breaks down faster but much hotter like you mentioned that the compost gets heated up it literally fires up and it gets hotter and it breaks down faster and it doesn't stink and get slimy and those are the difference between aerobic and anaerobic bacteria and so i like to teach my clients about the aerobic style that literally just by tending to our own personal waste like this we can literally break down those experiences those emotions those beliefs that on and on and on and break it down and transform it into that nourishing vitalizing soil that does create new life new growth much faster so tending to it is an important element so thanks for bringing that in i think it's important and i want to bring in a topic that a lot of my clients will um want to talk about so it is a time that we kind of course correct our individual lives and yet many often get stuck looking outside at all the broken the brokenness in the world the broken systems the broken structures and there's a waiting for things to change out there so as we learn from our past we can do the individual work of course correcting. That's the only thing we have control over. And so many of my clients will say, yeah, but we've got to go change the systems and structures. We've got to go change those. And as we change those, life will change. And da, da, da. What can you say, Cheryl Lynn, about bringing this change idea back home, focusing only on our individual path as an expression of our collective healing, that literally we will transform the systems and structures. We are creating conscious evolution on the planet, governance, economy, um, education. We can look at all of the different sectors of life. They're all in evolution. They're all in the process of change, but we have to bring this back home to our individual path and do our individual course correction as an expression of this collective. Can you speak to that? Well, I love how you described a process that I also have been going through, especially over this past year, um, where you talked about getting re to clearing your calendar and then only bringing things back that felt like they were in alignment with you. And I think that that way of looking at it, first of all, it can be so overwhelming when you're looking out at the world and you see all of these things that are 
perceptively wrong with the world, right? And and know, especially if you're someone who has um, a lot of different areas where you could apply your talents and education and whatever your skills are. Um, and it's tempting to think, oh, you know, I need to get out there and, you know, I know how to fundraise. So I'm going to fundraise for this organization and I'm going to do this and I'm going to, I'm going to speak over here and I'm going to, and all, and there are some people who are, you know, they, they are capable of a lot of different things, but I would, even, even if you feel like you are called to many different arenas, I would really ask that we each look at what we where we're being pulled towards that is in alignment with where we are right now. And what I mean by that is, for instance, there are a lot of things I could be doing right now. And I get and I'm sure you do, too. I get, you know, calls from people saying, hey, will you join this uh, this committee? You know, we're going to eradicate this or we're going to, you know, will you jo join this? And, you know, we'd love you to speak at the, on this. And and yet it's been a much more internal time for me. And I've been spending a lot more time writing and actually doing nothing, having days of doing nothing, which is very hard for someone like me to feel like I have value if I'm just sitting and reading a book. But it has been creating this space in me to actually know what is mine to do. What is mine to do? And those are the only things that we I, I hate to use the word should, but it's really, that's the word that keeps coming, um, that we should be doing. Like, why would we want to spread ourselves too thin or put so much pressure on ourselves that we couldn't actually be effective in the things that we're being called to do? So this this is such an important piece right now as part of our own personal work to look at everything that we're doing. And just because you can do something doesn't mean it's yours to do. And you and I talk about that a lot. Um, and trusting that if it's not yours to do, that there is someone who that is theirs to do. You know, um, you know, you might, you might, and this is something you, again, you and I talk about a lot is like, you're really good at a lot of technical things, um, like working on a website and creating a website. Is that really the best use of your time though? No. I mean, even if you think it is, I'm going to tell you, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> if it's fun for you, sure. Why not? You know, play with your website and, and be creative because that you enjoy that. But if you're feeling called somewhere else, but you've got to work on your website, no, find someone who that's their gig. That's where, what they're passionate about. Let them do that piece. So then you can go do something that feels, feels like more um, relevant to who you are right now and what you're being called to. I don't know if I even answered your question. I feel like I went in a bit of a circle there. But <laughs> well, I, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to circle back because you did, but I just want to presence it and, and just kind of pause here because I think it's an important thing because my question was, how is our own individual path and, and this idea that we course correct a part of evolving the larger systems and structures on the planet. And so I just want to 
pause here because I think it's important for all of us. Thank you for acknowledging that first asking what is ours to do. But as we pause into being pristine on our own path, like really coming into our own evolutionary purpose and really being the fullness of our own potential, being an expression of that, that literally that then creates the change. And it might seem really strange. It's like, oh yeah, it's the ripple effect and da 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 that's whatever. But literally, if I become more conscious of just like, for example, the water that I be, like the water that's in my body, if I really develop a relationship with the water that is in my body, the water that I drink, the water that I shower with, then I naturally become more conscious and aware of how we treat water on the planet and how we pollute water and, and allow toxins to... Um, toxins and waste into our water systems. It's like I cannot not wake up to the bigger part and become a part of the solution if I bring it all the way home to me again. And I think this is an important piece that that a lot of my clients are evolutionary leaders. A lot of my clients are literally out in the world creating big change and they can't jump into the big change without fully embodying that individual path of who they be and and it is kind of like it's an issue of integrity you know it's like how do i live the message that i preach and so coming back and and doing that course correction and really really challenging ourselves to look at the, how do I want to say this? It's like when we're reimagining everything, we challenge ourselves to look at, is this coming from a worldview of separation? Is this that old history that was created with the beliefs and the values and the cultural norms of separation? Is this an expression of separation? Or is this really the new whole worldview? Is this an expression of unity or separation? Is it an expression of wholeness or fragmentation? It's like bringing us constantly back to that viewpoint, that cosmology, that position of how we stand in the world, that when we come back to the personal expression of that world view, that, that perspective, then we create more unity and healing and wholeness in our families, in our homes, in our workplace, in our communities. And then it ripples out to the larger perspective. Does that make sense, Cheryl? Are, are you, are you feeling that piece? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's, you know, your your whole platform of all things are connected, of course, as we bring consciousness to our own lives, then that as we're walking around as conscious beings, instead of walking around asleep, it's going to affect 
everyone around us and bring consciousness to them just by our example. So it's funny, though, as you were talking, I was thinking, thinking about how does that translate in what you started talking about, you know, your personal thing of your relationship with your body. Like if you're feeling self-loathing in your body, like what effect does that have on your relationship to the world? There's, yeah. I know, I know for me, when I am focused like that and, or trying not to think about something that is bothering me internally and I'm, I'm not fully available for the universe, the the universal consciousness, whatever the creative force to actually work through me because I've shut down a part of myself. You know, I've said, well, I'm, I'm only going to be 80% available. This part of me, I still have to fix. Otherwise I'm not going to be able to do what I'm here to do. Right. And so I think that that is, that's where we have to recognize that, we're bringing all of us with us, whatever we do. And, you know, my, my friend Jennifer Huff, she has, um, she said, I don't remember exa- her exact words, but it prompted me to write this um, post-it for my laptop. And it says, be vigilant for your vibration. Mm. And when I look at that, it is everything. Like how, like what is the highest vibes I could be right now walking around in the world? If I sit in front of my laptop and, you know, cause I do this occasionally, like I just need a break. And so I'll go get something to eat and I'll sit in front of my laptop and maybe put on Netflix or whatever, nothing wrong with it. But, but I, sometimes I will go unconscious and I will, whatever I'm eating, then I'll go grab something else. So oh, I think I'll have some nuts now. And oh, I think I'll have, and then before you know it, you know, time's passing, like, what are you doing? And then I look at that note and it says, be vigilant for your vibration. And I think, oh, my vibration is really low right now. <laughs> I am not, mm. I am not living my most expansive self. And so I'll do something to kind of break out of the, whatever the, you know, desire is to check out, I will do something. And and this is what 2021 radical healing has been for me is that I will get up and actually, it doesn't even matter what it is. I'll go down and ride my exercise bike. I'll do a little, you know, dancing in the kitchen. I'll go outside for a few minutes, even though it's really cold, you know, something to just bring my vibration back up. And then it's like, okay. And that affects my ability to to be open to what presents for me to contribute, make my contribution to the world. Yeah, I love that. Thanks for bringing this whole conversation back to the idea of being vigilant for our vibration. It's like literally the place we need to focus is literally right there. And this was good therapy for me today as I'm looking at at those things that I've carried forward that I told myself I wouldn't. So thank you, Cheryl Lynn, for your brilliance today, for your wisdom, for sharing who you be with all of our listeners. You are welcome. This was wonderful. I, I love this conversation and I hope it was, was helpful to people that listen and, uh, and we can continue the conversation. 
Yeah, me too. I think this is an important one. Maybe we should plan part two so our listeners can start to get ready to tune into that one real soon. I think we should do part two really soon. So, and I just want to thank you listeners for tuning in as well. I always appreciate hearing your feedback and and having having you make suggestions and comments about these shows. So thank you for that. It's always a delight. I just want to um, leave you with this idea. Roy T. Bennett said, accept yourself, love yourself, and keep moving forward. If you want to fly, you have to give up what weighs you down. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together, we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.